0: Hello, in world, it's Robert Crutchfield, your favorite funny friend from Crutchfield Cooks, here with another interesting episode of Crutchfield Cooks, the podcast. I know I have, have you? I've always wondered, what would it be like to have your own cooking show? Today we find out. We talk to a guy who's been there, Joe Gatto from Boston, will fill us in on what it's like. He- First, Joe. Yep. Okay, we're going to talk TV cooking shows with Boston's Joe Gatto. I'm not sure where exactly you want to jump in with this, Joe. When we first started talking about this appearance, you had one show you were working on. Now you got two.
1: Yeah, I'm doing another one that's more. This one actually is turned into like a family-oriented one. So it's it's kind of like just this almost like crazy kids family show where they compete for shopping dollars and then they have to shop and make a meal and everyone on the team has to cook it's really just a fun family show because my kids and my wife and I we watch a lot of like kids baking championship and things like that and I really wanted to create a show that the family can sit down and watch and it has a culinary aspect to it but you know, it also has balloons full of pudding. So, you know, it's like, you know, like fun for everybody, but still technically challenging to cook because you have to try to come up on the fly with a meal. You have to shop for it. And if you don't have, if you haven't won any of the games during the contest, you're going to have to really think on the, the seat of your pants and come up with something that's really good to impress the judges. So we're now in development with that.
0: Where are you in the development? Are you kind of in the beginning stages, or
1: yeah, that's definitely be the beginning stages of development. This without... I
0: know because I know your other show. This is not a cooking show. Yeah, that that was when you and I talked last. That was pretty much going to launch this month. We have we we're, we're going out for sale at
1: the end of the month. So that one's all developed. That one, we're already lining up to talk to, you know, the networks.
0: So okay, okay. So
1: that, that one would be, you know, hopefully we can come up with a deal with one of the networks and start shooting.
0: Yeah, any particular networks you want to mention? I, I mean, know you no, were talking to Pluto, are... I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, Pluto is where my first TV show lives. You know, now we want to go out, we want to talk to network, we want to talk to Hulu. Sony, the CW. Yeah, there's so many cool streaming networks now that have some food involved. You know, we want to hear what all of them think and what all of them are looking for. You never know. They could be looking for a travel doc. They could be looking for a dump and stir. They could be looking for a competition or they could be looking for like a comedy piece like ours. There's so many different mandates out there of what people are looking for You really have to just go and take meetings and talk to the people that make these shows and see what they're looking for and see, you know, if your show fits it or if there's a way to kind of, you know, take your show and adapt it a little bit so it fits into something they're looking for because you want to both work together. It's always a dance and it's really, it's a really fun dance.
0: Well, sir, and and you have to bounce. You have to balance that with your own concerns and whatnot. Because I know when you and I have talked previously, you expressed a that you were leaning toward the streaming networks because of your creative freedom and your financials. A lot of times are better with those than they are the the older big name regular over the set top box type networks.
1: Yeah, I mean that's all changing too now because now all the the networks are getting into the stream gate. So, you know, everybody's everybody's adjusting and it's just this constant adjustment. And I had such a great experience with my birth show with from scratch being on Pluto, which is a streamer, you know, that's a, mm-hmm. a VOD, it's called, you know, video yeah. on demand, right, which is a different setup. I, I just, and they, you know, there's another network like them called Tubi. There's a lot of them out there now that are really starting to find a lot of success. And I do like the autonomy that you get as an artist, but it would also be interesting to work with a network and kind of just see how that goes too. Cause I haven't done that before and work with people that have made these kinds of shows on a bigger scale and just kind of see how that works and see he, having a couple more heads in the room, if you come up with something even you know, more interesting or does log the process down you you just never know but they definitely all the big networks are definitely getting into the streaming game now
0: Yeah sure and there's different creative options involved with the two technologies I know you've already mentioned food network so I'll use them for an example since I've done that something you may not even have thought of but that because the thing with the video on demand is people are watching it whenever it's not coming on a certain day, a certain time, exactly. what have you. Now, whereas a Food Network show make Robert Irvine a restaurant impossible, for instance, here in the central time zone, I know he's going to be on seven o'clock on Thursdays, right. at least, at least for three more weeks till the, till the season runs out. But exactly. <laughs> anyway, but one of the things that lets him do a uh, Guy Fieri and uh, some of the people on Tournament of Champions do the same thing is uh, to the extent his schedule allows, Robert will sit on Twitter when the new episodes of his show come on, and he and a lot of the people watching will tweet back and forth as we're watching the episode.
1: Oh, that's a neat thing. I like that.
0: Which which makes yeah, which makes it more yeah, of an that's... interactive experience. Yeah, that's
1: it. Yeah, see, so that right there is a great example of how, you know, just like the different ways Network and VOD work, you know. There's just tons of different ways. Well, that's, that's my a, point. That's a really neat thing that you could Twitter at the same time and get live feedback. That's really cool.
0: It is cool. I I I do it with I do it with Chef Irvine all the time, and I don't always make Tournament of Champions on Sundays, but every once in a while I I will, and it, it's kind of interesting because you're literally sitting there going, "Well, geez, Chef, was the meatloaf really that nasty?" or
1: Right, right. Yeah, you're getting, like, you're, you're like, almost a part of the show. That's really neat. I like that.
0: Well, at one time in particular, he and I were tweeting back and forth. Uh, the restaurant owner had an issue with seasoning. And uh, one of the comments that he agreed with that I met said, well, seasoning can be fixed. Yeah. <laughs> right. Get, get them in the kitchen for an hour. We can fix that problem. If, yeah, if, if the okay. basic recipes and everything are, are solid, please. <laughs>
1: Yeah, seasoning is definitely not something that's hard to fix. That's great. But, and, and there you are talking to Irvine while the show's going. Super cool.
0: Oh, it is. Super cool. He's, he's one of my favorite culinary people anyway, because uh, not just because of his, his culinary skills, but his heart is just incredible.
1: Yeah, he does a lot. He's, he, I, I used to watch his, his show all the time. I haven't watched too much Food Network. I don't watch a lot of TV. The only thing I still watch is Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives. Wise Volt laundry?
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's that, that's pretty much it.
0: Well, you know, I watch more TV now than I have in a long time, just because I've got certain health issues and things that I'm dealing with. But you know, it's it's it's. I it's, mean, that must be good. We're we're kind of we're kind of drifting away from the point, anyway. The point is that the reason there's always room for one more cooking show is there's all these other there's all these different options and the options change over time the options change whether you're dealing with a a traditional cable network or whether you're dealing with a vod channel etc et etc et you still there how it's changed oh yeah you, you got me yeah i'm
1: here am i through a bad practice? okay but look at the the landscape and how it's changed just in the past 15 years with Cooking shows, right? I mean, I can't even tell you how different it is. I mean, do you remember the early 2000s? Vaguely. Yeah, right. Blurry. But like right there, you had like the beginning of Food Network from Emerald, right? Doing BAM. You got Bobby Flay, Rachel Ray. They were like kind of busting out what it was. But from 2000 to what 2015? There wasn't anyone but Food Network, right on are on PBS. Yeah, sure. You know there was no options for like a little show like mine that's made independently in 2010s. Where would I have gone with that? I wouldn't have had an option if I didn't go PBS. Who you know you have to get sponsors and you have to. And by by all their rules, you know, it changes your show completely. So where would I go? I don't have a voice, really, or a place to put it. But now with VOD and streamers and all of that kind of technology, it really does give us an option to show what other kind of art is out there. And I think it really shows the diversity of the different kinds of shows you're getting. And you're getting a peek behind a lot of curtains instead of just one that one network is deciding you should see. So I love that part of it.
0: You've obviously been very much very deeper into it than I have. But my understanding is that, of course, you have there's two aspects of it. There's the production aspect of it. You have to actually create the show. Right. So there's a cost there. It doesn't do, there's no point in going to that time and expense and everything else if you can't get that show on somewhere. My understanding is pretty much anybody can get a show on Pluto, for instance, and it doesn't necessarily cost as much as you would think. Like everything else, there's cheaper options and better options, but still. I would disagree with
1: that. Having been through the process.
0: Well, that's what you're Um, here for.
1: Better, and maybe the distribution is astronomical. So, where do you make your, you still get distribution to Pluto. You have a legitimate distribution. To.
0: Yeah, I'm still here, Joe. I, th- I think we hit another. I think we hit another bad patch. You still there?
1: a little patch
0: here. Yeah. Oh, now you went away. Yep, there he is. Yep, you got know, I me. Mean,
1: you know, there's something to show, me. You know, Todd, on the air, was a long shot. I, am I breaking up?
0: Is best something but your network bandwidth is low, but right now you're okay.
1: I think it, it's just a patch rate right where I was going near where I'm going to do it. Sure. But I think uh, I think it's recovering new. It looks like I can see your fan moving in the background.
0: Okay, there you go. That's something.
1: Yeah, that's how it, you can tell when you freeze.
0: Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, that's what I was seeing was you freezing. You want to circle back just a little bit, and yeah, about the, what it what it really takes, and what it really costs to do it.
1: The cost yeah. is, I mean, the cost is the cost. You you can spend, you know, fifty thousand an episode and do 10 episodes, or oh, you an episode and do 13. The cost, you can decide at the beginning, but I mean, you do have to get that money up to make a show that, and to make a show to put on Pluto, it has to be broadcast. You can't just shoot it and put it on Pluto. Plus, as I don't know if I broke up, but you need distribution in hand before you get a show on TV as well. So it has to go through a lot of people and you need a legitimate distributor to back you and take your show and bring it to the network so you can't go directly to Pluto and plus so you're you're talking thousands of shows that are made just in the food space and you're talking about 1% get on sure the 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 odds of getting on are astronomically low because it's you the competition level and the amount of product being pumped out is extremely high because everyone wants to be on tv and pluto's able to put on you know they have a they have the ability to put on a lot more shows as opposed to like a network but they have a lot more choices of things that you can watch so you're getting to see a taste of a lot more culture than something that's just fine-tuned by the network and they're putting out their wednesday and thursday lineup they're saying this is what it is where I love the Pluto aspect of their saying, this is what's out there. It still has to be quality and it still has to be broadcast quality, but it's different.
0: Yeah, sure. sure. And, and something else I'd like to see your, your informed input on is there's really a third sphere, too. And that's the whole marketing thing, which goes into yeah. what you're talking about as far as the thousands of shows and everything else. Good Lord, say your lightning strikes, you get your show on TV, you still have to separate yourself out from the herd some kind of way. And I think one of the biggest, I think one of the biggest rookies mistakes people make is they think "Hey, the distributor will take care of that. The network will take care of that. And I don't need, I, well, it's not like that. It's, it's not, it's not how it works. Chris, I have a friend who's an author. And when I say author, this woman has, I think the most recent number I saw is 148 published novels. And I'm talking about, I'm talking about with Addicton and Big, Big Publishing. She's done books for Harlequin for Crying Out Loud. Wow. She's she's a Christian romance author. But the point is, I know from knowing her that, okay, yeah, lightning strikes. Harlequin's going to publish your novel. Let's have a party. Hey, great. Guess what? If you want that book to go anywhere, whether Harlequin's publishing it or not, you better be making the book fairs. You better be making the podcast appearances. You better i mean, I mean, you I better, better be busting your it. tail. You better be busting your own tail and spending your own money trying to push that book or uh, it ain't going to fly.
1: A-, A thousand percent. I mean, no one cares about your project as much as you do.
0: Mm-hmm. Ever. No
1: matter what they say, no matter who's involved. And if you want your product to be a success you've got to be get out there you got to push it you got to hustle that's that's part of it like that's you sign up for that when you make a show you know you 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 sign up for that part of it you are part of the pr machine and you need to drive your product forward and i i also enjoy that part of it i like talking about the show i think it's a fun journey I think it's interesting, and I'm really proud of my show, so I want people to see it. But yeah, that's part of the hustle as well. I mean, once we on Pluto, that was a that was the end of it that was like the beginning of it, right? You know the journey takes from tip to tail from concept to joy being on t v was four years that's that's a real chunk of time. I mean, my kids are little. Uh, when we shot it yeah and now they're teenagers so you know it it takes a long time and there's no such thing as an overnight success and you have to be committed to every single part from pre-production to production to post-production to the sale to distribution to then the marketing and you can't expect people to do it for you if you do you're going to find yourself with no TV show on the air because like I said, I think it's the best advice I ever got was just no one's going to care about your project as much as you do.
0: Well, and it goes back to the, I'm trying to think, to paraphrase paraphrase the old saying, what if you gave a TV show and nobody came? Right. Right. (laughs) Say you do the show, say it does get picked up, nobody watches, so what? Right, and then you If no one watches,
1: you're not going to get another TV show if that was your goal or if that's what you wanted to It's TVs. I mean, it's like any art, you know, it's it's it seems glamorous from the outside, but it's it's not. It's just like anything else. It's it's very it's arduous. It's fun. It's you know, it can break your heart or it can be the most satisfying thing in the world. It's all of those things and sometimes all at once. I I happen to love it. You know, that's why I'm doing two more because I also find it one of the biggest challenges there is. And I like a good challenge.
0: Well, sure. And 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 fortunately, you have uh you have cooking lessons and other things that we talked about the last time you were on this podcast. So so it's not like you lost your job like some people do I, and they're like, well, I always wanted to make a TV show. So I'll make a TV show and make a million dollars and everything will be fine. That right. plan.
1: And if you find that person, please put them in touch with me so I can hire them.
0: Oh, you mean the oh, one yeah. that actually pulls it off?
1: Right, exactly. <laughs> I, need, I need that person. I need to work with that person.
0: Because I, I know a lot of people that think that'll work. I, I, I see oh, the I, same. I know, I know you too. I, I I see the same thing in the book space. That's why I was bringing up the author I knew because uh, she and I, in fact, I worked directly with her on six of her novels. So I've had an inside view of how the how that process works. And from what I've heard from you, what I've seen in other places, something like making a TV show is not that much different than say getting a book published.
1: It it's it's very similar because I mean, and I I only have you know my cookbook published but it was very similar in that in that vein it's and I was in the you know I made movies before I was a chef and in LA so I had that background so I understood how the cuddle worked and it's very similar to movies too you know it's it there I think movies books music I think they're all kind of fall into that art meets business kind of thing you know, and it's that's always a challenge because those two don't naturally go together. But you need both of them if you want to make a successful show, movie, book, you need all of that.
0: Sure, sure. Well, and, and, and my point is, I think I think the, the difference between the public perception and what people think happens, uh, creating such things is is very similar. They all think, "Oh well, you know, all oh, I need is I, I got, I, I got enough in me for one great book. That's all I need. I'll, I'll write my one great book and I'll make a million dollars." Yeah, I, I know. If, uh, I, I got my author friend. She's written 148 books over 30 some years. I don't think she's made a million dollars yet.
1: Right? Yeah. There's <laughs> that's. It's not the lottery. It's no. it, it's a career. You know, like. That that's people don't understand. They I hear you know people every time um anywhere I get the oh I've got a TV show idea for you (laughs) right something I've got let me let me share my idea with you. I'll tell you this: I've been doing this for you know thirty years, and uh, not once has anyone given me a good idea. (laughs) And I've heard thousands of them.
0: Well, we are laughing because even if they did give you a good idea, that's only work. Right.
1: And I'm like, I don't have time for it. People are like, oh, you know, I've just heard all I've heard every pitch under the sun. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, if you if you really want to do it, you got to put it. You know, people always ask me also, what what's the first step? I'm like, well, you have to write a show and have it ready to shoot. Well, how do you do that? Like, (laughs) come on, man. Like, what do you want me to do here? I literally had someone on Instagram yesterday asking me to introduce them to my distributor. I mean, I didn't know this person. They wrote me out of the blue and they said they were trying to come up with an idea and they think they have. Can I introduce them to my district? And I said, no, absolutely not. And they said, why would you hide that information? I said, I'm not hiding, but that's my connection. Those are my friends, and I don't know you, and I don't want to be involved in your project. I said, you can reach out to them. They're principal media. They're in Los Angeles. Yeah. Like, if people don't want to, I guess part of it is people don't understand. Once they start doing it, all of a sudden they're like, oh, wow. This is a lot of work. And it's like, yeah, it's a ridiculous amount of work and on top of it it's not a nine to five because you're because you're putting your heart and soul in it as well you know like it's it's you that's on that screen it's you that's on that page so you're very attached to it in a different way than if you're nine to five you know if you're doing a checklist or something like that you're working really hard and you care but when you're putting yourself out there as an artist and leaving it out there and someone stops on it it hurts. And you're very vulnerable. And now you're dealing with the business side of it. So it's very tenfold, but that also makes it super satisfying when there's a success. So
0: absolutely. And I think, I think one of the other things that people don't understand is we got about 10 minutes left total.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's perfect for me. Well,
0: I was just letting you know too, because, but there's the whole issue of networking and building relationships. And I think you'll agree what people, one of the things people understand about that is you don't start building those relationships when you type the last word or the last chapter of the book or the script or whatever. You start building those relationships may ahead of time. Right. And maybe even do with favors of your own for these people 100%. so that when you get to the point of launching your project, these people know you. In some cases, maybe they feel like they owe you a little. Yeah, I mean, it can be. You want
1: that network in place of people that you trust and that you want to work with. And I'm a big believer in that because I really like working with the same people. I I love developing new relationships, but I love having that foundation from crew to, you know, just to dis- distribution to production to anything. Those those relationships are really important to me because, yeah, you want your project to be a success and everything, but these brainships that I've forged are with people that have similar interests that have become really good friends. So I feel like when we're launching a project together, it's like a family affair. And I and I dig that, you know, sure. I, I like that. I like that. I feel like we're all in it together, not just for the almighty dollar, which, you know, which is important as well.
0: Well, we do not have to pay the bills, but- right. Not only, but it it could be music, it could be TV shows, it could be films, almost anything creative, because I've talked to, I couldn't even count how many people in those kind of businesses over the last 40 years. If you're only in it for the money, you're not going to make it because you're not going to be able to sustain yourself. Yeah, It's just too hard. Yep, There, There are too many bad days, too many no's. There's for a thousand no's
1: to get to one yes.
0: At least. Anything else you want to cover before we, we wrap everything up? No, I mean, I, I really like
1: this. I'd, I'd like to revisit this again, you know, when we have time to chat, because I, I find this a fascinating conversation. And there was another topic I wanted to kind of broach with you next time, where what makes something authentic? Sure. What makes a dish authentic? Is there such a thing as authentic? Because everything changes, right? And it's all like what region it ended up, what cultures.
0: Well, sure. And then it it varies by cuisine because look at uh, something you and I both love, the Mexican and Tex-Mex cuisines. Right. Which are two separate cuisines.
1: Oh, two totally different.
0: One of the things you have to understand about the difference between those two two cuisines is there are innumerable rules to Mexican cuisine. And they vary by what region of Mexico you're talking about, and right. then you start getting into Spanish, which is where a lot of that comes from. You got a whole bunch of other West with Tex Mex. There are no rules,
1: right? It's the Wild West, literally. You know,
0: I, right. I I made a joke one time. I don't know, a couple of years back with some Hispanic friends of mine. I had a, a craving for enchiladas, so I started just cobbling them together around with what I happened to have around the house, and I had a a picture online talking about how many Mexican laws did I violate in the process? And they're like,
1: dude,
0: it's yeah. an enchilada. It's, it's stuff rolled in a tortilla. Yep, Yeah. That's a
1: free <laughs> for all in my opinion. See, so that's, that was one of the things I wanted to broach next time with, because I find that an interesting conversation and I'd like to dive back in where, you know, like food and art meat business. And how that's, I, I just love that conversation because it really does. It's not something you get to talk about very often. I don't really, that's not a subject that comes up too often, even though knee deep in it
0: every day. Oh, you and I, you and I have so much fun. I'm sure we're going to be doing this ever so often. One last yeah. thing, but one last thing before I cut the recording off. How soon, if you even know, might we see one or both of these new shows?
1: Oh, God roll the dice <laughs> you, you never know i mean it could be somewhere between tune and
0: never huh
1: yeah it, it, yeah hopefully before i'm dead how's that
0: <laughs> that sounds good <laughs> i think so i'm hoping it'll happen between now and when i'm dead yeah me too Me got I my
1: okay. bread
0: t- wow has it been 30 minutes already can't hardly believe it thank you joe for all the great insight into the world of hosting and producing your own cooking show always remember if you go looking for information from every corner of the food world check us out at www.learnmoreeatbetter.com